The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by HotMovies.com. Try out some ethical paid-for porn for free with none of those hidden fees or secret recurring subscriptions when you sign up at HotMovies.com slash bonus and use the promo code MANHOR. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to all the swingers and lifestylers, nudists and fans with benefits. This is Billy Presida and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Hey everyone, how you doing? Welcome to the show if you're new. Welcome back if you're not. Uh, I am your host, Billy Presida. If you are new to my show, this is a podcast where I typically talk to women I've hooked up with about sex, dating and why we didn't work out. Uh, however, this week's special guest is not one of my former flames. No, no, no. Uh, this week I have got on sex researcher Sarah Constantine. who's going to tell us uh, some more about her research about women's fantasies. Yeah. And that hmm is uh, is my co-host for the intro. Hello, hello. Here, broadcast, uh, recording here in, God, in Mexico. Cancun, Mexico. In this, beautifully by the ocean at Desire Resorts. I am here with Kenzie. Hello, hello. You may remember Kenzie from episode 200, yes. where uh, her and Lindsay, uh, they interviewed me. Yeah. Asking me the questions you wanted to hear. And uh, and she has also joined me at Desire for this weekend because um, I'm a very lucky girl. Lucky girl, yeah. important person in my life. I guess something like that. And really likes blowing me whenever I ask. So, yeah, you know, uh, you know earned my way to Mexico. Yeah, uh, earned the way to blew her way to Mexico. That's the next <laughs> one. <laughs> well, we did blow your way to Brooklyn. Now she's gonna blow her way to Cancun. <laughs> Stay tuned to Man Whore Podcast 2019. Um, we went Boston, <laughs> California, Mexico. Big skips, but like we made it work. Well, Kenzie, thanks for joining me. Oh, man, I forgot my beer. Anyways, uh, so we, we are we are on the the closing hours. We have our final night here at Desire. And we want to tell you about our stay in a bit. Oh, fuck. But first... Show dates. Show dates, people. Show dates. All right. Uh, and, and and don't skip this because I have a very big announcement coming up in a second. First off, I got to say, uh, Mishawaka, Indiana, I'm going to be in you on September 18th at 7 o'clock at Smokestack Brew. I will be uh, featuring there. Uh, and then... I just uh, realized, I, I think it's Dayton, Ohio. I really should check these things. I think Dayton, Ohio... Or Cincinnati, don't remember which, but September 20th, I will be at the Village Cup at 7 o'clock. Uh, so you come on out to those shows, it should be fun. But we've got a big special announcement, big announcement right now. Billy knows that y'all enjoyed the live podcast from Man Con, where I was on stage with not one, not two, and also not four, sadly. <laughs> Three of my ex-partners on stage in front of a paying audience, because fuck me, right? Uh, well, we are going to do it again in Los Angeles, baby. The city of angels. The city of the angels nice enough to sleep with me. The manor's coming to California. Manor's coming to Cali. Put in the calendar. Tickets going on sale soon, and I will let you know when. But right now, November 4th, 7 p.m., 
at the Comedy Dojo. It's a uh, room above the Sycamore. I don't know where that is because I don't know L.A. and your crazy fucking neighborhoods. All right? <laughs> I'm still just trying to figure out South Brooklyn. So, uh, But put it in the calendar for now, November 4th, 7 p.m. I want to see you there. Tickets will be on sale soon. And if you want to be the first ones to get your tickets, Kenzie, do you know what you, what you do? Subscribe to Patreon. Or email list. Email yeah. list. Sorry. Sign up for that email list, baby. I oh, should just subscribe to Patreon. You should subscribe to Patreon. We can talk about that later. But uh, <laughs> get on the mailing list. You go to manwhorepod.com. Okay. I've actually revamped the website. Finally switched over to Squarespace. Don't know what took me so long. So uh, it's under construction, but you'll see a sign up uh, list page there. Just go to the website. Uh, you sign up for the mailing list. I will. Uh, you will be the first ones to know when tickets are on sale. It's crazy how the live show came about because fucking I woke up on Friday morning. I have to go to I have to go to L.A. in a couple months anyway. And then I just floated it to a friend and said, hey, if I wanted to do a live show, would you want to produce it? And he was like, sure. And this is like 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Then by the end of the night, I had a producer. I had a location. I had a date. Uh, and I had three women who agreed to do the show. Wow. So it's going to be great. Can't wait. Uh, Kenzie, before we tell everybody about Desire. I want to I read an iTunes review. Haven't done one of these in oh a long boy. time. Uh, I was going to read a one-star review that somebody left, but uh, iTunes, I guess, thought it wasn't appropriate because they've deleted it. So, But I, I do want to share some love from a uh, user named Coffee Rack, Coffee R-A-C. And the subject of the uh, review is Feeling the Love. Kenzie, do you want to read it? Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Feeling the Love from Coffee Rack. I like your username already. Uh, if you like to laugh and like sex, exclamation point, this is the podcast for you, two exclamation points. They're very excited. Billy, by far, is the best sex podcast and keeps Hold me laughing. Hold on, I gotta start laughing. jerking off real quick. <laughs> uh, again, multiple exclamation points. Never can oh, listen yeah. to him in public because he turns me on kissy face. Oh! <laughs> and Billy just came all over the porch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Coffee Rack, uh, for that nice review. Guys, look, I know sometimes I ask for things that involve money and you can't do it. Maybe I involve, I ask for things that involve a location. You can't go there. But you know what you can do? You can leave me a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. Um, I don't know what other fucking services do reviews. I don't think but I've reviewed you yet. Go. Just, oh, wow. <laughs> bitch. Okay. I brought you to fucking Mexico. <laughs> okay. I'll leave a review. But yeah, you go. Just leave me a review. It's really nice. It's really simple. It's really easy. And it helps other people find the show because it will bump us up the rankings. <laughs> um, so yeah, do that. But now, uh, yeah. Hey, we're at Desire. We are. You're, can, you can probably hear the ocean behind us. Um. So Got Desire a sunset. is a beautiful sunset. We uh, Desire Resorts is one of these um, like all inclusive, couples only, clothing optional resorts. Clothing discouraged. <laughs> clothing definitely discouraged. Uh, <laughs> I I'm not supposed to say it's a sex resort or a swinger resort, um, although there are. You know, nudists and all that stuff. Uh, oh, we got some titties. Oh. Yeah, man. And a wow, nice ass. Panties. Mm. Damn, girl. Love it. Our, our neighbors are flashing us through the sliding glass yeah. door. <laughs> we stole their table. <laughs> I'm into it. She's so cute. Super cute. Super cute. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So it's like, well, these resorts, it's um, it, there are swingers here, but there are also nudists here. There are people just curious about the lifestyle. They're just curious about being in a 
clothing optional environment. Yeah. You, you don't have to be into fucking in front of people, but some people just switching it up. There are certainly plenty of people who do it. Yeah, absolutely. We did a lot of it. Yes. Some of it, like, literally right in this spot. Yeah, yeah, right here. <laughs> so, uh, yes, as a Desire hit me up. They were like, yo, we want to send you down. Just record something while you're here. Uh, so we record a really cool episode <laughs> that you will hear in the coming weeks. Um. But yeah, I'm just enjoying my vacation. We're, we leave tomorrow. and very sad about it. Going so back sad. to grad school life. Well, Kenzie, why don't you tell us about like, uh, you know, what we what we did here, what down. Oh, man. Like, this We're, has been a crazy weekend. I mean, we... We don't deserve any of this. I know. We're too poor I know. for this place. Yeah, I'm a... Fuck, I found out like what our room costs and like that's what I make in a month as a graduate student. Um, so we... I showed up Friday morning. Um... And, you know, immediately got naked, got in the pool. They had this fucking foam party where they filled the entire pool with pool. Use your words. Yes. I'm a few drinks in. This is fine. They filled the entire pool with foam out of this, like, penis foam gun. Uh, (laughs) And a bunch of naked people in this pool full of foam. Um, They had someone coming around with Jenga blocks. Like where we played different sexy games. I, they had poured a beer down Billy's penis and had me drink the beer off his penis. Uh, and that was just like the first couple hours I arrived here. <laughs> that after, was the first couple hours. After a red eye. Hilarious. <laughs> that, um, uh, yeah, we, we met, we've met some really interesting people, yeah. some great people. And uh, what I've been really into is like a diversity of bodies, ages, uh, relationship models, right. and reasons for being here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really interesting because. So, I mean, you hear all about Billy's life, but I come from a very similar, if not, like, even more just, like, open poly situation, you know. I have four other partners. Um, All of my sex parties are like, everyone is, like, fucking everyone. No one is there as a couple. So, like, this is actually a very weird experience for me in a really fun and interesting way to be, like, in a very, like, couple-centric environment. Like, everyone's got their person and then... We've had to, like, change up our game, like, to approach and, like, hit on people. I mean, great, I'm getting hit on because, like, I'm getting kind of... They're making me stand out, the resort. Mm -hmm. So, like, people who I don't even... I haven't met yet, like, know who I am because they saw, like, my... Mm -hmm. My picture on like the TV. Yeah, or something. Billy's got like the podcast advertised all over the resort on the TV screens. Like, yeah, so watching I've had... him nearly cry at dinner last night as I kept seeing his face go by. It was very cute. Yeah, so I, I've been like seeing like some people, like some women just come up to me and like be like, "Oh, you're like really, really gorgeous," and then they just grab my cock and <laughs> so difficult to oh, be. She's you. so pretty. <laughs> Which I'm, one? I'm, I'm, I'm like meeting all. I'm like having a resurgence in like how high all like women over forty are. It's insane. Yeah. Because, like, ju- like, just today, like, uh, I got my dick sucked in the pool. Yeah. By this, like, hot older woman. And then this other chick came over and she's like, I saw that and I was, like, really turned on by it. I was like, you should have joined us. She's like, I almost did. And then, mm. oh, God, my dick's, like, starting to inflate just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, just met some fun people, played with some great people. Yeah. Oh, we met oh, like, that God. couple last night. We well, One, there's been, like, several couples we played with. Yeah. And they've all been great. Yeah. But, like, last night's couple so great i'm like crushing uh, yeah kind of hard yeah oh my god um, say 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 what you know is gonna make me hard say it for me <laughs> say it for me they are southern democrats oh he was so worried we were gonna play with trump oh. supporters and we had this couple this hot oh, couple tell from me how South it felt Carolina. to vote for hillary yeah, yeah. 
Like we were talking after we fucked, and she's like, "Yeah, like I were I volunteer for like political parties locally." And, and I'm just like, "Which, which color?" Like she's like, oh, "And we think we have a chance of flipping the district." I'm like, "To which color?" Because then... before we got here, I texted her. I was like, "Hey, I just had a realization. We might end up running into like Trumpy people because I guess they fuck too." <sighs> Which is a weird thing. Unfortunately. Right? It's like I have to remember. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess they do stuff. If you voted for Trump, you don't deserve to fuck. Well, they don't deserve to fuck you. They don't deserve to fuck. I didn't, she said it, not me. Yeah, uh, send your angry emails to me. So and, and so now, Kenzie's been trying to keep me off of politics this weekend, and this woman's husband tried to was like trying to distract me. Like, oh, what about this thing? And then I said, and she said, uh, the one, the party that like has you know votes for compassion and stuff, and then I just gave her a hug. I was like, I am so relieved to hear that. I think he came again. <laughs> yeah. So they were. Fun. I don't know. I'm oh, just having so such cute. a blast here, and like, like food's good like it's a great environment like all inclusive by the way like i've learned how to manage my drinking <laughs> because i've learned how to give myself like a light buzz throughout the day instead of just getting hammered at random points yeah. um the like the the going dancing at night i'm excited oh to dance tonight you're so much fun to dance with by the way i don't think we'd ever done that before and i fucking love dancing and billy is a great dancer i'm just gonna say that uh you're super fun to dance with that was like a fun thing to experience this weekend louder okay <laughs> well th- thank you thank yeah. you um what, what's been like your favorite parts uh of being here um oh by the way I, I, while you how about you think about it i just want to describe like they hooked me up with like this sick room that i don't deserve to have um there's like a jacuzzi that fits like six eight people in it uh in the room yeah there's already a hot tub jacuzzi thing yeah. at this resort they gave me one in the room. There's a big ass bed. The only downside I think is they, they need to have a sign that says to keep your door closed, the, the sliding door closed because they do. They do? Yeah, it's in little letters on the door. Oh, well then I'm just, <laughs> I'm an idiot. I was about to say the other word. Yeah, I'm proud of you. No, I'm just retarded. Um, <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no, nah, because well, like the condensation, I'm just not used to this, like the humid, like just this, inv- this tropical environment. So uh, I'll like, open the door and then the ac will like melt and then our room becomes a slip and slide but i'm learning i also made i also overflowed the jacuzzi <laughs> oh my god yo we woke up this morning and uh, at like 8 a.m kenzie got out of bed for whatever reason and then she goes like billy you left the fucking jacuzzi on but like i didn't re- react to that you said it's overflowing and i jumped out like she screamed fire <laughs> So that woke me up, up to like half an inch of water on our floor because <gasps> we forgot to turn the fucking jacuzzi off. Yeah, we just had too much fun with them last night. Yeah, we yeah. were so distracted. So, so what's like your favorite parts of uh, Desire? Where have they been? Oh, man. I mean, like. By the way, I'm not being paid to say it about this now. I'm being paid to say this about the resort later on a different episode. I just need to tell you how much fucking fun I'm having. God, like. I mean, it's so hard to pick a favorite part. Like, I really like the vibe in the pool during the day because like they facilitate some games so it's like you know friendly flirty like you're mostly just chatting with people a little bit dick sucky yeah a little bit dick sucky but like yeah like i sucked frosting off some guy's dick the other day but like that was like casual uh, <laughs> like friendly dick sucking friendly dick sucking friendly dick sucking in volleyball games uh-huh. so they come around with games to like get you like a little bit like flirty sexual well you know like you're out in the daylight like so you you like make some friends you like make some connections um and then they have at night they have the theme nights and the dance floor and i i fucking love dancing 
Um, I always, you know, love clubbing and like, you know, hang out with a bunch of fucking academics. So it's hard for me to like get people who want to go out and get slutty and dance with me um when you're hanging out with mostly scientists so like i love being here i love going and like being able to go dancing and they have the playroom so like the transition like it's it's really fun to see people like you know just like casually at the pool during the day and then people get fucking dolled up at night and i, I love that transformation mm-hmm. well um this place has just been incredible i i really encourage you all to check it out if you've ever been interested in like getting doing a vacation um i you know i will warn it's, it's, it's very heteronormative yeah they do do queer weekends which i appreciate it um mm-hmm. knowing that they like get inclusive like that yeah but uh you know it is a place where like you need to come as like a um depending on the weekend like an opposite sex pairing like you can't be like a single guy and yeah. come here um which you know has its pros and cons i'm sure yeah uh but otherwise like you all should check this place out desire resorts we are at the riviera maya spot uh we have not gone to the pearl resort which yeah. i hear is a little bit more low-key a little bit more nudist than swinger okay but there's you know it's also i hear is fantastic yeah uh there will be a you know i guess a man or podcast affiliate like a promo code Mm-hmm. that'll happen soon um and stay tuned for that I'm, I'm just getting that set up do you have any uh closing thoughts on desire gosh i mean this has just been a whole like amazing experience for me like nothing i've ever experienced before uh <laughs> i mean you guys will just have to wait to hear hear the desire episode because there's there's some fun there yeah i mean if you of course if you want to see how desire was for me Check out my social media. There's some stuff on Facebook, some stuff on Twitter. I think where you're going to see the most is Instagram because I also I'm going to archive a, a desire story so you can kind of relive and see what I was going through while I was here. Uh, they, they do have a limit on photography. So like we can't, you know, yeah. do tons of it. But I think I gave you give you guys a good idea. Yeah. Uh, the, here's the thing that 15 year old Billy was here for. All the TVs had poor have like Playboy Channel and Porn Channel <laughs> subscribed. So like I had those playing like nonstop. And, uh, you know, I, cause I can't afford Playboy and the other thing and that other channel or website. Right. I can't manage all these subscriptions. So, you know, what I like, I like, I like hotmovies.com. <laughs> hotmovies.com is a pay per minute porn site. You buy a bunch of minutes. You can watch all the porn you want from your minute load. I mean, you can get like 300 minutes of porn viewing for like $30. The only thing I don't like. Is that you can like at the end of the month see literally how much porn you watched? You're like, I bought like a thousand minutes. Where'd they go? I only have seventeen left. <laughs> it's like, oh, I guess that's what happens when you have a lazy Sunday. <laughs> uh, but I do enjoy it, and they have such a wide variety of porn. Mm-hmm. Um, so many categories, so many stars uh, on there. Do, do you watch porn? Not really. Not really. What What could we get you into? God, oh man. I mean, I just want all the queer stuff. They got queer porn on yeah. there. They got the cool haircuts. Yeah. They got the people using dental dams. They got Crash Pad series. Yeah. Which everyone knows I'm a big fan of. Big fan of Crash Pad series. Shout out uh, to Pink and White um, and Jizzly and all them and Shine. So you go to hotmovies.com. You you can try it out for free. They do do free trials. Uh, Most people, if you're an everyday normal person, you get a 20-minute free trial. But you know what? When you're a fan whore, Mm -hmm. fan whore with benefits or not, you go to – man. 
You go to hotmovies.com slash bonus, use promo code MANHOR, you get a 40-minute free trial. Oh. Or you can just get 20 extra minutes on top of any package you purchase. All you got to do is go to hotmovies.com slash bonus, promo code MANHOR. Um, but big fan of it. I think the model is great. I think that's the future of porn is this pay-per-minute thing. Um, I can't tell if like we're echoing down there and they can just hear us. Yeah, probably. Probably. Whatever. Whatever. The guy who works here just gave us a thumbs up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Kenzie, thank you for co-hosting this intro with me. Thank you for letting me. I'm looking forward to our last night at Desire together. Yes. Tonight's theme, every night has like a theme night, and Uh tonight is lingerie and lipstick. Yeah, I'm going to put some makeup on him. I've got my menagerie, which I think you can still use promo code MANHOR for free shipping. I'm not sure. It's sexy. I'd seen it on patreon or whatever before but this is my first time seeing it in person and i am into it this lacy number high-waisted i feel sexiest when i wear my menagerie again i'm not being paid to say that i just genuinely feel yeah. that way and she can put some- now the guy's dress code is supposed to be like i don't know black or something i'm like fuck that i'm wearing my menagerie because uh fuck gender norms and then she can put some lipstick exactly. on me and uh then we're gonna fuck around with some people yeah i want to make i want to eat more pussy tonight i did not yeah. eat enough pussy on this trip Sorry. I mean, I've eaten your pussy a lot. Yeah. Have I eaten your pussy an adequate amount? Yes. Or could it have been more? I mean, there's. there's We're going to teach you to be mean. There's no such thing as too much. Okay. Okay. But uh, I know know I'm some work. So, like, Mm -hmm. you got to do other things. I'm looking forward to uh, chatting with some some really cute people who I've been flirting with all day. Yeah. Uh, But but now, now I got to bring you this week's guest. It's time. It's time. We got to talk. With Sarah Constantine, she does. Um, re- she just finished doing research on female fantasies, um, interviewing a ton of women about it, and, and and analyzing the data. We had an interesting conversation about all of that, and then we also have a little bit of talk about her life. So let's go ahead and get to my conversation with Sarah Constantine. Well, I can I can hear you there, yeah, okay. for sure. I just don't know how comfortable you are. Oh, yeah, I'd, yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you're, yeah, you good? I think so. <laughs> Oh, Sarah Constantine, right. the, the now somewhat comfortable Sarah Constantine. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, I've I've been talking. I feel like I've been following you on Twitter for a few years. Yeah. So I feel like this episode's like mildly long in the making. Mm-hmm. That's true. What, but my research is like legitimately finished now. So it's probably, I mean, it, a year ago, but mm. um, so it's probably good we did it now because I didn't, you know, I didn't have all the statistics necessarily right. double checked at that point. Is that why, we, is that why we had the gap from like when I first hit you up to, to now because you were still wrapping things yeah. up? Yeah. And I was in San Diego too. That, that one also is typically yeah. a barrier is being <laughs> not here. Right. <laughs> yes. So, so wait, what research? Whatever, whatever could this be? You yeah. do research? Research about what? <laughs> well, yeah. So I actually was not really keen on the idea of re- doing research so much, but it was part of my um, doctoral uh, program. So, and yes, the requirements. So I, um, I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this and spend like three years, it turned out to be like more like six years, but um, doing something researching something i'd have to do something that was fascinating to me Mm. so um that led me to uh wanting to look at sexual fantasies um and then you know with research you start with like a broad concept and then you think you're gonna figure out everything there is to know about sexual fantasies and then you know lots of 
floggings from <laughs> the institutions and anyway you 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 narrow it down so i i looked specifically at um so primarily heterosexual uh women so I, it's an important distinction because my you know i did have to narrow down my sample mm. um so yeah women who identified as primary primarily heterosexual um, and I looked, at, I asked them online about their fantasies, about a bunch of different psychological measures and interpersonal measures and um, attachment uh, measures, which, you know, is something I could explain what that is at some point. What What is it? <laughs> um, okay. So attachment. Um, it, all right. Let's see how brief <laughs> I can make this. So, I mean, it, it comes from... Um, John Bowlby was sort of the founder of attachment theory, but we'll skip over. I know John. <laughs> really? No, no. Oh, Good um, guy. It was me money. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So he actually, interestingly, um, wasn't really, so he, he wasn't really raised by his parents. Um, he was raised by, I think. Wolves? Multiple okay. sort of caregivers, um, which is something I can relate to in some ways. But anyway, he, he, developed sort of a theory through observation about what happens when infants are separated from their um, parents or caregivers. Um, and both in sort of short experimental situations where um, you could identify based on observing what sort of um, the security of their attachment style. Now that, how do you define that? Basically just how, um, the the extent to which the the infants when they were reunited with their parent mother or parent um did they sort of um go to them eagerly D did they sort of protest were they angry and based on that sort of developed these different categories of attachment security and so how does that play into relationships right, okay. right now you just you just sound like it sounds like you're describing what's going on at the border. Right. So, it's like really bad to separate kids from their parents. Really bad. It's like, especially bad if they're in cages. Like right. really, lifelong, really bad. <laughs> lifelong trauma. Yes. But yeah. So anyway, so it started as a developmental theory, but then it was, um, you know, after whatever, I don't know how many years, um, it started to be sort of applied to romantic love uh, or the, yeah, theories about romance and um, partnership marriage, whatever, relationships, so adult romantic relationships. And so, you know, it's been found that there's some continuity between our sort of childhood, infant and childhood um, attachment styles and our romantic relationship styles. And so there's sort of this mystical, to me, like 50% of the population that is supposedly uh, securely attached, which like, I don't think I've ever met one of those people, but maybe we all hang out in different crowds. Yeah. Um, and that means that basically relationships should kind of go pretty smoothly because there is an expectation of like needs that you can express your needs and that that need can be met. By. Yeah, I don't think that exists. I don't, <laughs> right? I don't yeah. think that's a real thing, <laughs> a smooth relationship. Right. No. So for the rest of us, we're either, well, at first it was sort of a avoidant or anxious, but now... The being anxious of attachment or being avoidant of attachment? Yeah. So avoid. So those are two different, so those are both insecure styles. Mm -hmm. Um, but they're, they can look very different and they have some different correlates to them. 
So what about the, like, I mean, it's such a common thing you hear from, like, especially women in New York or just in general is, like, dudes who are afraid of commitment. Mm-hmm. Like, we call yeah. that we call that avoidment. Yeah. Because they're just trying to bang everybody and not yes. settle down. Well, it's, it's actually, there's interesting gender differences, which is not, I didn't, that's already kind of been established. But, yeah, but the more, certainly, like, the more avoidant men and women tend to, right, they tend to have more issues years of commitment or um hesitance to kind of get close and anxious is kind of more of the the person who's always falling in love and always getting their heart broken and always wanting um <laughs> whoever you know, does that sound love like everyone <laughs> acknowledgement and admiration that they were that they're okay because you know pr- theoretically we didn't get that um growing up oh that's yeah that's (laughs) that's that's real resonant right now yeah (laughs) yeah and so but i looked at women um you know again in this day and age cis females okay um and um right and so research past research has shown that people who are insecurely attached tend to have not surprisingly more difficulties navigating romantic relationships and have and then have lower sort of both sexual and sort of whatever relationship satisfaction Mm. so you were asking these women about their sexual fantasies that was kind of like the crux of the research yeah that was the that was the part that was new or Mm. yeah what do you mean by new like no one's no one's really done that or um okay so so new as in, okay, a lot of the attachment research is pretty, it's pretty clear how attachment relates to psychological symptoms, to romantic satisfaction. So I looked at that stuff, but that was already kind of a given. But the fantasy was, so at first I didn't know what I was going to study about the fantasies, but what I ended up, um, I mean, there was two things. One is that they, I, I asked them to describe in as much detail as they would like um, a preferred or frequent or recurrent sexual fantasy so i have um narratives so that was that's cool um but i also wanted to like finish grad school so i also attached like quantitative measures Mm. um to the fantasies so i looked at i started out looking at different sort of emotions that the person felt about their fantasies and the only ones that kind of fit my model, so to speak, uh, were fear and guilt. So I had people, after they wrote their fantasies, I had them say how, like, rate how much fear or guilt they felt. Just vaguely, it, it was kind of vaguely worded. Like, when you think about this fantasy, when... What do you feel when yeah, you, like, you when feel, you think about having a rape fantasy? How does that make yeah, you feel? Exactly. Yeah. So that's, Other than turn the fuck on, right? right it's like, right. I assume that you, yeah. is that the phrasing though that you use in research? Turn the fuck on or? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I think, I, yeah, I did ask about arousal, but I, yeah. And I, I don't know, for some reason, those things. I just, I assume the arousal was a given because we're asking about the fantasy. So I, I guess right. it's like maybe like the residual. Yeah. Uh, feeling like after right. you know the, the type of thing where it's like after i come to some weird porn like how do i feel is it shame sometimes because the <laughs> internet's a deep dive and you'd be like how did i end up here right <laughs> yeah exactly okay um so that was so that when I, that was new as far as i knew as far as i know mm. I, I didn't find any other study that looked at how people rated their their sexual fantasies in terms of like fear and guilt um 
So what sort of fantasies were like the popular ones? I yeah, you you gave them to me uh, before Very before we vaguely, did this, yeah. and I was just like, ah, no surprises here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. So I mean, the biggest f- by far were submission. Like, so I I went through the fantasies and sort of coded them in various ways. Um, so, but yeah, so like general submission, and then. Sort of within submission, there were different kind of, there was like more sort of hardcore, um, like more physical domination or physical, I don't know. I'm so out of, I'm out of practice with the, <laughs> with the BDSM link. BDSM, but yeah, basically yeah. BDSM. Um, and that was, you know, a, sm- a smaller proportion, but still that was sort of like the, you know, one of the more popular fantasies. That was number one. Uh, submission, yeah. Submission. So not necessarily all a kink as much as the submission part of all of it right yeah interesting yeah varying degrees of like physical actual physical contact and force upon and then, them yeah not upon giving them. it yeah, yeah yeah well there was that too but that but not was... but not in the same category as the submission these were like right those were, okay yeah so um dominance was a was a lower mm. i mean there there were several but it was lower down on the list yeah um, please introduce me to those lower down on the list, please. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> so yeah, no. It, it's very yeah. interesting. It sounds like you took fan. Yeah, you, you feel free to open up. You have this like wonderful. Um, can may I touch? Yeah. <laughs> this it's like this like hardbound book. I'm just like it looks like a notebook and it opens up. It's all printed. Um, <laughs> looks very expensive. No. It, it sounds like you what? took fantasies and were like, how can I make them as unsexy as possible? Let me like just <laughs> dissect them and coding. Yeah, you know what's gonna make this hot codes. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're they're pretty sexy, some of them. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what, what we got? Yeah. So we had submission, right? So submission was was number one. Then same sex, female to female, which I thought was interesting. M- yeah, maybe not surprising, but I don't know. Still very interesting, given that it was a primarily heterosexual sample. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sort of next, I I have force non consent. So that being a kind of more. Um, more bdsm type okay um so that in- but that included both sort of a few like more almost like realistic rape fantasies but also or also more like clearly um consensual like con- yeah con non con consensual yeah yeah, yeah yeah you know uh dan savage he's like he talks about he tries to call- take rape fantasies and tries to say let's call them ravishment fantasies because at the end of the day, that's what we're fantasizing mm-hmm. about. Yeah, being, yeah, taken. Being taken and, and ravished. And, yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I thought that was an interesting way to like re-spin the rape fantasy so people aren't like yelling at people with them. Yeah. Because there's those, like, there's a, like a, there's a cluster of people who like are mad that people fantasize right. about rape and it's like people fantasize about a lot of fucked up things. Yeah. Doesn't mean we do them or doesn't mean it like, you know, it takes away from you know, victims of various things. Right. Yeah. Okay. No, it's a fairly common and yeah, so there's a whole What was what was last place? What was last like the place. least report? <laughs> it was it was it was reported enough that it has to be included. Yes. But it was the least of them. Well, I think I wanted to include it. Um, okay. <laughs> bestiality. All right. And <laughs> wait, so what was the sample size uh, of, um, of everybody? It was How many? so for yeah, um, just give them an there idea. There were more, but in terms of people who describe fantasies, 462. And uh, and so just to give some ideas, some context, because I can kind of see the numbers. Yeah. Um, uh, being submissive had like 122 yeah. people report that. Yeah. Bestiality was a lone one. Yeah. <laughs> 
But there she's were... just a gal looking for a guy <laughs> with a nice dog, you know. <laughs> I know, and I don't. Strangely, I don't remember what that one was exactly, but um, there were five sex with relatives incest. Which... I was surprised incest was so low. I feel <laughs> like that one would be higher for the amount of porn that is like around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just liked. I, yeah, I mean, there were um, having a penis only seven. Um, you know, being, yeah, anal sex, 24. And that's one, I was like, I just would imagine I won't have been further down. Be like, I'd rather fuck a dog than get fucked in the ass. (laughs) I I feel like there are women in this country who feel that way. (laughs) Yes, many, but. (laughs) So interesting. So how does this align with like your fantasies? Oh. Because I got to imagine. Yeah. Did did your fantasies play any, whether it be bias or just the, maybe the fuel for this in the first place? I don't know. I mean, I that's I kind of feel like I had and maybe have boring fantasies. So I (laughs) what's a boring what's a boring fantasy? I mean, it's more just sort of like an image of a person that I'm fantasizing. Mm. I I mean, I don't know. To me, that it's pretty boring. Um, But I think I mean, I definitely relate to the some of the um, ravish ravishment, ravishment. So so to say, like the. Being someone who I think, you know, I identify as a somewhat anxiously attached. And this is actually something that's kind of interesting. Some research, not really mine, but no, not mine, but um, like beginnings of research showing sort of that like anxious, anxiously attached people might be more inclined to have fantasies about like being, you know, extra needed and adored and also sort of taken. You're describing me <laughs> stop it it's freaky okay uh it, it, yeah. that's interesting yeah anxiously attached uh, who who would have known that that was the phrase to describe me all these years because i mean so did i ever tell you why i started this show um no not Cause, really because women would sleep with me but they wouldn't date me mm-hmm. and i wanted to have a girlfriend mm-hmm. but they all just wanted to fuck me yeah. and not like date me seriously mm-hmm. and i w- so i was like oh well let's start a show where we find out why right but like i'm the guy who like i want a relationship i want a girlfriend i want to mm-hmm. be loved i want to be adored yeah. i want to be used i want to mm-hmm. be of service right i want to be uh i think my sexual orientation is like wants to be a good boy like i don't know um <laughs> yeah and so i find that interesting that, that there's a like a word for that mm-hmm. anxiously attached yeah you can look into it yeah <laughs> there is hope were there for any the anxiously <laughs> attached were there any um were there any like fantasies reported that like just didn't make it into the list for one reason or another? Yeah, yeah, no, this is I mean, I could spend a lot more time qualitatively with my uh data to to kind of do more coding and stuff. This was this was fairly rough, but uh-huh. there was one that I just didn't know what to make of. It was about <laughs> a can of tomatoes. Do tell, please. I wish I had that. I don't have the text on me, but um uh. <laughs> I can send it in. I want. I want. Yeah, because I want. I want to. I just want to like read it with like a really sexy music in the background (laughs) and see if I can make tomato. Was tomato juice? It was about like crushed tomatoes in a can, and just like the idea of it made the person not putting them on her or yeah, not. it, It was pretty short, but it was just. It was like it was like that poem. So much depends on the red wheelbarrow. I don't know if you know that poem. Like no, I think I'm it's very William Carlos Williams or whatever. But it was like very short, but very like what what just what was that? Yeah. What just happened there? 
<laughs> and so how did that feel like so, so were you uh interviewing these women like in person or were they no. just getting a questionnaire or? yeah so this was online um so so yeah so it was you know perfectly anonymous sure. and um and collected online and i think you know there's a real benefit to that because i think you know you never know that i'm sure there were some men who filled it out and and <laughs> <laughs> and made stuff up and mm. but um i think you do Toma- i'm just saying the can of tomatoes sounds made up <laughs> I, I, th- I thought about that it could be but you know i don't know um but yeah but but it was also i think it allowed privacy and and honesty to come out i mm. think you know that that forum so and i think what was cool also was that some people wanted some people just gave me even more information than i asked for like whether you know how they felt about the fantasy whether they actually wanted to try it out whether they had tried it out whether mm-hmm. like you know and it was very not everyone said that so i didn't kind of look at it in a meta way but um but it got me thinking about you know what is it like just that difference but some people saying like you know this is my fantasy but i would never want to do it and then other people are like you know i'm begging my boyfriend to do it and he like won't you know choke me uh-huh how did it feel reading all these fantasies? Like, I got to imagine cool. you, you could even feel like connected to these people you yeah, don't know. Absolutely. No, I, that was awesome. That was an awesome part um, of, of it. You know, a lot of data stuff, research is like not fun at all. Mm-hmm. But reading people's fantasies and, um, you know, a lot of them were pretty boring, which I, I, can, I mean, I don't know, can relate to a little bit, like in the sense that. They were just sort of like a romantic scene or, you know, walking on the beach with my boyfriend mm. kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was cool to see like just the range. And I mean, you know, the tomatoes was, were weird, but like there wasn't really anything that I couldn't kind of like understand in some way. But then again, I am a like psychologist, psychotherapist. So I've, you know, my, my mind has been sort of trained to, um, appreciate a whole (laughs) the whole range of human behavior and sort of yeah and to not move your face (laughs) when someone says something fucked up it's like the other key part of a psych (laughs) is to uh yeah when someone says something crazy you gotta not make a fucking shocked face which i can't do i don't i have a bad poker face yeah i'd be a terrible therapist yeah Uh, i'd be a therapist like i'd be helpful i like to think in what i say Mm. but I would also freak people out when I like have these visceral facial reactions. We'd right. I'd have to be I'd have to be a therapist where like you're on the couch and not facing me. <laughs> That's the type of therapist I got. I got to imagine anyone who is that therapist is just because they don't have a poker face. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I have. I, I think I genuinely don't feel the the shock or visceral, you know, from experience. Mm-hmm. So I think it's um, it's very important as a therapist to be. Um, so I mean I think to be somewhat transparent like to not have like actually a poker face because um you know then the person doesn't have any feedback as to how like you're you know then you don't the person doesn't feel as much like a a human being interacting yeah. with another because like we say something and we're like we kind of want a reaction which is like i'm trying to get a reaction out of you i'm trying to see am i okay or is this fucking weird like i'm gonna mm-hmm. read your face to find out how fucked up i am mm-hmm. yeah uh, doing doing this, you know, want to study women's sexual fantasies, um, you know, for your for your doctorate. Mm-hmm. Did did you get put? Are you familiar with Dr. Chantel Tibbles? No, she's um a sociologist, and uh, I think I think she's a sociologist. She wrote a book called Exposure, mm-hmm. and she wanted to study porn. Mm-hmm. 
She wanted to like go through porn and and she did kind of this where she like is like coding things. She's mm-hmm. taking something sexy and turning it into homework. <laughs> yeah. um, and she got so much pushback initially for a couple of years mm-hmm. just trying to like find her funding to do this oh, yeah. because people wouldn't take her seriously. Yeah. Because they're like, Chantel, why do you want to watch people fuck? Right. So was anyone like you know, Sarah, like, why do you want to hear women's sexual fantasies? Are you perverted? Are you doing this, that, and the <laughs> other thing? Is this so you can get your rocks off? Right. Well, luckily, not that because I was um, – my grad program at CUNY um, City College is is tradition, pretty traditionally psychoanalytic. And so psychoanalysis kind of is very interested in sex, sex and sexual mm. fantasies. So I got a lot of – support in that way but yeah i mean in terms of funding um i i tried didn't get a lot i think you know it's a lot uh (laughs) sexier (laughs) not sexier but uh it is in a way in the research community sexier to fund like depression ptsd things um, we can make we can make a pill and then make money off of it yeah well maybe (laughs) or maybe not even but just like i don't know just yeah yeah i mean maybe but also just things that um yeah, so it's kind of hard to build the case for why it's like important to study sexual fantasies. And I, I know that that's kind of been true in the larger sex research community. It's, you know, but, um, that's part of like part of why I wanted to study it was first of all, not to get super bummed out because I didn't want to study like child abandonment for six years. Um, I wanted to study something that like was relevant to kind of, um, I don't know, just like the whole, whole, spectrum of of humanity and um yeah and maybe and was not like too depressing yeah what uh (laughs) what what so what do you do when you do sex like research like this yeah what like what do you do so you make your like hardcover book thing you've got in front of you right (laughs) that seems like it's a step at some point and i haven't told you the findings oh you didn't yeah 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 yeah. tell me tell me the relevant findings for mine was that okay so basically that let's see if i can get it right um so guilt and fear, like the high, the more guilt and fear, and it's all research and most research is like obvious, but anyway, more guilt and fear you have, uh, the women had about their fantasies, um, you know, at that predicted both, um, more sort of reports of psychological and sort of interpersonal or relational distress or symptoms, mm-hmm. um, which is not really surprising, but also, and it also um, predicted um, sort of less sexual satisfaction. So yeah, all, all the women were in like some vaguely, uh, they were in some kind of dating situation. So they were asked to rate their sad, their both sexual and sort of emotional satisfaction with a current partner. It didn't have to be like sure. an exclusive partner or anything. But so the more shame you felt, the less the, the less the l- satisfied you were with your current relationship, like both sexually and emotionally speaking, and also the less sex and orgasms you had. So what could we like? I guess in- infer. I once yeah. had to look up the difference between infer and imply because I'm <laughs> I'm a fake smart person. Um, is there something we can infer from this where like uh, the the shame is kind of preventing you from enjoying sex because you're too busy feeling shameful or guilty about the sex? Maybe because of the way you were raised, maybe because you're Catholic or religion or, or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're having trouble like let, let, enjoying the fucking thing. Right. Yeah. No, I, well, I think so, you know, with research, you can never say anything is like causal or whatever. But to like, I think what I 
infer <laughs> from from it is that um and and particularly as a therapist and clinician is that um it could be really it could be uh clinically relevant to sort of like talk to a person about their sexual fantasies um in yeah like in in therapeutic settings mm-hmm. um and because with the idea that it might you know in sort of fostering more acceptance less shame guilt fear whatever mm-hmm. than the person that would have sort of positive impacts on psychological health um and then yeah and on romantic satisfaction and and sexual behavior as well and the shame guilt did that have any tie to a particular fantasy or was it just it, or was like the lack of having orgasms and sexual satisfaction tied more to the guilt than necessarily the fantasies they have yeah that we don't know that we don't know okay <laughs> Mm-hmm. To be determined. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think it's like very, su- yeah, the findings weren't very surprising, but you kind of have to um, show things. <laughs> sure, sure. Would you, uh, what would be the next thing you would want to research? Um, or I, I guess before that, it's like yeah. what, what I was asking before is like, what's the next step in oh, right. when you do, when you publish research, whether it's about sex or whatever, like what's the next thing you got the book and then you go, right. do, you, do you like, do you write a book? Do you submit it to journals? Do you go on CNN? Like, <laughs> Yeah, not there yet. Um, I, yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, I've talked to a couple advisors or mentors or, um, and so I think I will, I will start by, um, submitting, I think I have about like three journal articles worth of stuff here. Um, so I'll try to submit a couple articles. Um, I think the more interesting, that's sort of what I've already done and just kind of editing it and making it appropriate for, um, a journal like, um, lengthwise and stuff. But I think in the long term, I think I would do more with the actual fantasy narratives and looking at them both more maybe quantitatively um and qualitatively so Mm. yeah like what you like the question you asked like i could i forget the question you asked but like there's would be a way to look at the data and kind of look at more some more specific things Mm -hmm. okay so you were saying like you're talking to like cis heterosexual women or like mostly heterosexual Mm. women and it's being 2018 it's like what is being straight anyway anymore like is that what's what's go what how do you even qualify that do you tell them like what percentage you gotta be of a thing or like have you had experiences like how straight like how straight ish are you like did you make out with a girl in college once or do you still have like this attraction that you want to be for you know uh doing yeah. Wait, are you asking me? You're about to ask me. I guess I'm asking like, yeah, what is <laughs> like what is like being mostly heterosexual, I guess, in this yeah. research sense oh, right, when right. you're asking. Yeah. Well, you know, it's I mean, so I started this research like four years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's kinda it's like a different world from four years ago even. So um, I mean, that's my excuse, I guess. I don't know. I think because um, if I were to do it now over, I would have I don't know, at least use like a Kinsey scale. Mm. Um, I think there have been other things that have been developed recently that are maybe even, I don't know, more better than the Kinsey scale possibly. Because um, I do very much believe in like spectrums, like for really for most things, like for sexuality, for, gen- you know, whatever, gender um, expression and for like monogamy and for what else, like, 
anxiety, anxiety, oh, attachment, anxiety. So mm. that's, I actually looked rather than the categories I looked at, I looked at it in a spectrum. So people can also be anxious and avoidant. Sure. So for, but for research purposes, when you ask them, like, if they're heterosexual, like, do you say, do you kind of qualify with, like, mostly, like, eh, you know, we all, we all catch a, as Amy Schumer says, hey, sometimes we all catch a finger. Um, Right. Well, I think I just simply gave some choices, which was like, um, I think it was like primarily heterosexual, bisexual, um, you know, gay or lesbian. I don't remember exactly what it was or trans, you know. You gave like trans. maybe like maybe like a five point. Or, yeah, or trans exactly. Trans wouldn't be the orientation. And so <laughs> the pe- only the people who identified as primarily heterosexual sort of were then qualified for the study okay gotcha gotcha mm-hmm. but anyone could get the amazon gift card anyone could get the amazon <laughs> anyone gift card. who like even you know attempted was eligible sure so, yeah <laughs> you know it was interesting um I, I remember you know there's uh are you familiar with dr jana vrangalabo's yeah, research yeah. she on... helped me out in that um like on twitter like in getting uh some yeah, just sort of like she gave me a little bit of research guidance. Mm-hmm. Well, she had the she had research out from like I think about four years ago, which was about like if you gave a three point scale versus a five point scale of sexual orientation, yeah, so that, like more people from the the middle would like kind of gravitate to or, or more people from the ends, like the people who said they were gay or straight, mm-hmm. more of them felt comfortable being mostly heterosexual or mostly home or somewhat homosexual mm-hmm. if they were given like the five point scale so right the kind of the concept of advocating for like additional sexual orientations yeah instead of saying like hetero flexible which is like cute but dumb, oh, right, yeah. dumb phrase um i feel yeah. like it's oh like i'm mostly or i'm, I'm you know somewhat or mostly homosexual or right. somewhere mostly heterosexual well, the other way that like made some kind of distinction was that it was um, the person had to be in a loosely defined dating relationship with a male. I like that you said dating situation before. It's a what you're what what are you doing in dating? If it's a situation, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, so. It's interesting you brought up the Kinsey scale because uh, I've I've taken the Kinsey test a few times. Mm-hmm. Every time, <laughs> how did you do? <laughs> I fail. What does that mean? I exactly. <laughs> I didn't know you could fail it, but it says <laughs> fail. It says it doesn't give me a number. It says <laughs> literally will say uh, you either answer something incorrectly or you're a very like unique individual. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had an experience like that, not with the Kinsey scale, but yeah. in college, um, like this was like before Facebook, there was sort of, I went to Williams College, mm-hmm. I don't know, to the Eves listening. Shout out Probably Eves. none. Whatever the fucking Eve is. <laughs> um, yeah. And they, they had this like Eve match before Facebook and it was like, I don't know, everybody in the college was like. You fill out a survey and mm. then you were matched with like, you know, your like soulmate or whatever. And Naturally. Wh- I, I answered it like honestly and it yielded no matches. Oh no. <laughs> They're like, we have no, we have no ETHs for you. And Go I to a think, new school. And, but then I like, so I told, you know, my friends thought that was hilarious because one of the questions was like, you know, what's your sexual like level of like sexual openness or whatever? And it was like, so I chose like, you know, sex on um, it was one of the on like the stairs of one of the buildings, Baxter Hall, like 
there was, I don't know. So I was, yeah. And so when I changed that just to see, then I matched with You changed it from what to what? Oh, from like, sure, I'll do it to like, you know, not that crazy. So when you went from not that crazy, you got matches? Yes. So you said, yo, I want to bang in public. Yeah. That sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. And like all the and dudes are a little too chicken me. shit. Yeah. But then all of a sudden it's like, nah, I can't. You just pretend <laughs> you pretended to be less adventurous. And then dudes, man, that's unfortunate. I Fucking know. college boys. Step your game up. Stop well, being little actually, fucking wusses. To their credit, it was like gender nonspecific. So I actually matched with a woman. But okay. only when I like only made myself a little more tame. Well, it's interesting because we were talking about before, you said like, I'm, uh, we were talking about like sex life and you were like, oh, I'm like very sexually boring right now. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, so like, and then, and then you had said like, oh, well, we could talk about how I was transitioning into being a sex, you know, researcher. <laughs> I was, and I thought you were going to say, oh, we could talk about how I transitioned into being boring. You could go <laughs> that. I mean, so do you find that you've become less adventurous over the years? Yeah. Like at least right now, but I, I don't, I don't know that that's def- like a... I, I hope it's not a permanent thing. I think just life goes in waves. But yeah, re- I mean, nowadays my my attention is otherwise focused like on my primary long-term relationship. Mm. And um, I mean, I won't get into it, but just I had a recent loss and just, you know, life is life has been kind of like shitty in a lot of ways recently. Mm. So, um, so I'm just sort of like... Um, domesticing and sort of like nesting but i mean yeah i will say that i found um that monogamy never came like naturally for me and actually it like caused a lot of pain for me Mm. because it just was never my relationship model just sort of like strict monogamy um and you know there wasn't at least i didn't perceive any choice in the matter until i was like mid-20s and and then met like sex positive folks here in new york and 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 that's cool and that i mean it's definitely been influential in my um you know my research interests and do you identify as a non-monogamous person yes Mm -hmm. and how was that um like self-discovery moment for you well i mean it was like i think like i was saying it was like i've always felt that way so Mm. it was just more about like getting some acceptance for it where do you find your acceptance for it? Um, I mean, I guess with, you know, the first partner that, I mean, kind of, <laughs> the first partner that I, um, you know, was sort of like down with the idea of it. Um, but I think more so just with like the community I found, here, you know, in New York among, I don't, I mean, I don't even know what you call it, like sh- Hacienda, burner-ish even though i'm not like any of i don't fit Sexy into any of weirdos. those things <laughs> yeah like i'm not a part of any scene but like you know poly cocktail just like the uh. um there was just a community where I, I made a lot of good friends and some lovers and and it was yeah it's a, it was a very positive like time in my life and i'm still friends with people but i'm just not as uh socially active at this time not putting on the glitter as often well, that's bad for the environment. So. Is it? You're taking away <laughs> fucking environmentalists taking away our glitter too. Even the biodegradable oh, no. stuff I've heard is not that great. No, I know. But then what else will I've we use been, to look fabulous? But you know what? I've never been really into costumes, but I will I say that I like to be naked. So, and I think that's costume. Yeah, plenty. When did you know that, that was the thing I would always ta- say? Like when I started going to Hacienda, 
There, yeah, it's fabulous. It's great. There's all these wonderful themes where you got to wear costumes, but I hate wearing costumes. Yeah. I they'd be like, have this theme or that theme. I was like, when did let's skate naked and fuck each other get boring as a theme? <laughs> That's a great theme. Let's go. Let's do that theme next time. Right. Yeah. Well, it just becomes like, yeah, you, you feel like you're at like the Grammys or something. Yeah. I don't know. Not really. But well, I'm not very like costumey creative. Like my yeah. creativity doesn't come out in exactly. what I wear. I have two sex party costumes. That's it. And like <laughs> maybe I maybe I can change the. I probably have like six outfits because I probably have like three underwear things I can. I have like three bottoms and two tops I can wear. That makes it look like I tried. And then, so like, <laughs> it's it's fucking rough. I'm not a fan. Do you still go to parties? Well, Hacienda stopped throwing their big parties, right. so I haven't been to. I've been to some of their like social mixer stuff. Like I went to the underwear party they did. I went mm-hmm. to the sexy pool party. I um, mm-hmm. got invited to an orgy upstairs in the hotel room afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was fun. Um, but like, I, I don't have a party to go to right now. There's a couple parties I like can't go to. Oh, right, anymore because or- I'm. Oh no, just drama. Oh, drama. Drama. Okay. X X drama that right. has like led me to not be able to go to a mm-hmm. couple parties I would like to. Yeah. So I think the last thing I went to was like went to um besides the Hacienda Socials, I went to lip service back in January. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I'm still looking for, you know, a new party to play at or like, you know, group of people. Uh, mm-hmm. Manhorcon's coming up, so who knows what's gonna happen there. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah. I want to hear. I want to hear about what that means. M- what Manhorcon is? Yeah. Oh, it's a weekend for the fan whores. Uh, so I've got people, listeners from around the country and Canada are you know they travel to New York City and they buy a weekend pass to hang out with me. For, That's so cool. Yeah. Can, am I invited? To, sure. Come. <laughs> Can yeah. I be a fan whore? <laughs> yeah, of course. Anyone. Anyone with the money for a weekend pass can be a fan whore. It's amazing. Oh, okay. uh, no, but we do also do like a, you know, I do a stand-up comedy show. Mm-hmm. We do a live podcast. I'll be on stage with four of my exes because I hate myself. <laughs> um, if we reach $1,500 pledged on Patreon by August, I'm going to get my nipples pierced. Oh, yeah. I heard that. Yeah. So uh, it's it's just, it's a fun weekend. We did it last year. It was a, mm-hmm. on a smaller scale and it's looking bigger this year. So I'm pretty stoked, mm-hmm. pretty excited. But um you know, there's some private communities where, although there is no like Manhorcon sanctioned sex party, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like talk about who wants to fuck who and the sex stuff that may or may not be happening during the unscheduled portions of the weekend. Cool. So there's a lot of like chatter. I mean, there's chatter. Ha- oh, yeah. How many, uh, man, I don't know, how many followers do you have? Uh, with the podcast, we got, mm-hmm. we got, you know, several thousand who listen every week. Um, That's awesome. I've got, 27 weekend passes sold right now so that mm-hmm. might go up uh, a little bit by by august but a good good posse of people to hang out with and just it, it'll be cool like hang out with fellow like-minded people because like hey we're in new york city we could talk about sex to a lot of people and it's just fine yeah uh, you can be bisexual and it's fine you mm-hmm. can say you have this kink and there's a there's a monthly meetup for you right but like if you live in fucking arkansas Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have that community. Mm-hmm. And so there's some people who are coming partially because partially they love the show and partially because it's like, oh, I will get to furry weekend, be surrounded by other like-minded people, and I don't have to hide, mm-hmm. and I don't have to be scared of being into what whatever I'm into or whoever I'm into. Yeah, And I think that's kind of like a cool, beautiful thing mm-hmm. that I honestly didn't realize until like earlier this year mm-hmm. when listeners would tell me what being part of those communities, you know, felt mm-hmm. like to them 
Yeah. And I was like, I just want to make a living talking about where my dick's been. So this is very lofty <laughs> for something that had such a low goal. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. No, so, it's important work, I think. Yeah. And so, so you know, parties, no no parties right now, but would like to go to the right one. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to try going to Wonderland soon. I've I was never gonna been. I going to say, Wonderland from afar looks great. So See, from afar, it looks like not my thing, but so many people tell me I should go. Yeah. Because it feels like it's for EDM heads, costumers drug people and kink people mm-hmm. and like i'm not kinky i don't really do drugs i'm i like dancing but not to edm mm-hmm. uh, that's shit sounds like cancer if it was a sound um, <laughs> yeah i hate edm <laughs> so i'm just like oh i can't imagine it's for me but then i keep getting told like oh no don't worry you don't have to be it's compartmentalized there's a sex room if you just want to be a sex room you can dance if you want to dance in the dance room i'm, I'm gonna go mm-hmm. I, I will go to wonderland before the end of the year all right. And I will try it. Time for the fan whore appreciation moment because my voice is starting to go away. That's what a weekend at Desire Resorts will do for you. <laughs> oh, uh, this is the part of the podcast where I like to thank some of the wonderful members of my fan whore community on Patreon. Y'all are the ones who, uh, who help keep this show plugging along with not just your downloads, but your dollars. Being a member not only supports the show, but gets you access to all sorts of wonderful rewards, such as bonus episodes of the Man Whore podcast and access to exclusive, private, sex-positive discussion groups like the Champagne Room and the Peep Show. So I want to give a shout-out right now to David Patro, whose name, uh, you know, kind of close to, to Patron. Kind of close to Patron. I think it was meant to be. You were meant to support me, dude. And that you do, and I thank you for it. Shout out to Nicole Fredrickson. You're back. Thank you for coming back. Uh, she is a, a pastry chef in Vancouver. And if she ever wants to, you know, switch her pledge to from, from dollars to brownies, I think I will accept that currency. And a big thank you to Emma Hodkinson. We appreciate your membership. We appreciate your support. And you too can become a member for as little as $1 per month. All you have to do is head on over to patreon.com slash man podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash man podcast. If you're trying to figure out like how much you'd like the pledge, you know, maybe think about, uh, oh, Billy's voice sounds a little rough. He could use some tea. And then just uh, look up a local tea shop in Brooklyn. And, you know, that amount will work. Just buy me one tea a month. A tea is, you know, about $2.75 at most of the coffee shops I work at. So that would that would be appreciated in this present moment. But every dollar counts. Again, patreon.com slash man or podcast. Join the community. Support the show. But now let's wrap up with Sarah Constantine. Have you have you been? I don't think so. No. And I, I, I may I may try it also. But you did go to Hacienda Parks. Yes. And and how did you enjoy those? I thought it was great, but the, like this, I mean, this is going back like three years now. But I, yeah, I mean, I found it was a very like very eye opening. Very, it was it was small then, smaller right. ish. Um, yeah, no, it was only eighty people, and it was like, <laughs> not 
Yeah, there was like you didn't have to buy tickets, and it was like more. Oh, that's old school hacienda. Yeah, yeah. So I thought it was like kind of paradise. Yeah, I used to go <laughs> when I started going to hacienda. That was back when tickets were like twenty five to forty five dollars. They were like, mm-hmm. just help us pay for like food, <laughs> mm-hmm. like help us pay for the DJ. Um, and now, yeah, it, and then exactly. it became what it. Yeah, became. which is you know understandable. What what was. Was group sex a thing that you wanted to explore to see what it was? Or did you discover that that was like a thing for you? Um, no, I think it was more something I like to explore. And I'd say I have a bit of an exhibitionist like bent. Yeah. So you want was, the eyes on you? So it was more about that. Yeah. Than actually too much engaging with like lots of people. I find that overwhelming. <laughs> what was it? What was it like the first time? As someone who has an exhibitionist streak in her, what was the first time like like being sexual and naked in front of other people and mm-hmm. you know they're watching you while you do it? It felt like so natural. So I guess that's why I'm an ex. You know, that's how I know that I'm somewhat exhibitionistic. I was like, I don't know. It just like felt like, I don't know, <laughs> but exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, a little exciting, but not like overly exciting. It was just like, oh, this is like sex is just like not that big a deal you were shocked at how normal it felt to fuck in front of other people yeah like it's so so taboo but it's just like it doesn't really that's another thing that like like monogamy it's just like never made sense to me that that you know sex is bad and sex is shameful and um i can partly i guess i don't want to i definitely don't want to like shame any religious (laughs) people i have plenty of religious people in my life that i love but, you know, I I wasn't really raised with any um, negative sort of like taboos and negative associations with sex. So hmm. I get performative. Like if I know people are watching me, I like if they're specifically they're watching me like I want I my I, mean, I want to fuck somebody while people are cheering mm-hmm. and just like go Billy go. <laughs> That's that's that fun and hot for me. And yeah. it's, not, it's even less hot as much as like, oh, like people like me. Uh, <laughs> right. I just want to be in a space where people like me. Yeah. That's all I want these back days. back to the anxious. The, <laughs> the anxious attachment. Yes. yes exactly. <laughs> it comes back around. Yeah. How, how? Well, can I ask a question? Yeah, you can interrupt. You can ask questions. <laughs> I was just wondering because you said how you started, like why you started the show, but how is dating going or um, are you finding uh people more receptive to commitment uh i've had two legitimate girlfriends since starting the podcast i had one that was almost two years long then i had one uh that was more recent that was three months both uh ended well one ended more sad the other one ended very very angrily Mm -hmm. um you know like i'm i'm dating is dating i just i think the big thing i had to focus on i started the show when i was 24 Mm -hmm. and i had to realize oh like Maybe calm the fuck down, but I think that was a big that was a big turning moment uh, point mm-hmm. for me was was going like oh I can enjoy having the sex I'm having and a relationship will come about when it does, mm-hmm. um, and that not everyone I get fifis for mm-hmm. necessarily is going to become a girlfriend and that's okay. That's true. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of that that happened earlier on in the show that made me feel okay with it. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, I've had some, I've had some, you know, had some girlfriends that were serious and mm-hmm. um, I have fallen for people. I've had my heart broken. I have broken hearts. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's a journey. It's, it's how a it process. Works. Yeah. Just living my twenties on air for everyone here. <laughs> That's weird. I saw I was 24. I'm 29. I just turned 29. Um, also happy birthday to you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
So <laughs> it's weird when you're like living your life so publicly mm -hmm. uh, for really everyone. And now it's like a substantial period of my life because basically all my 20s. Yeah. So that's mm -hmm. weird. <laughs> Meanwhile, you just like, uh, you, you know, quality and code everyone else's. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting. Well, not everyone else's. And I will say that my sample was, uh, I will say, I want to say it's like skewed to, and the, to people who, um, because I recruited through Reddit and Reddit was like the majority and then, yeah. um, like Facebook and Twitter a little bit and, um, Craigslist. But so it was, um, I would say definitely like people who skew towards spending more time like on the internet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, do people who spend more time on the internet, like how does that skew the research? Cause are those people more sexually open or, uh, or have more shame or right. have a particular type of fantasy. I mean, yeah. And those are great questions that I don't have, I don't have the answer to, but right. there were a couple of things like most of the people were like, most of the women were not married. Mm -hmm. Most of them did not have children. Um, and a very like more than half of the people reported, um, self-reported like depression, um, or anxiety. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, which is, is more. Um, a lot of people have depression, but not like 50 or 60% of the population. So there was sort of like, there were some That's indications. That's also self-reporting of like, well, like, do you Yeah, feel, how do you define yeah, that? Yeah, it's like, it's like, are, do you just feel anxious sometimes? Or like, do you actually right. have like some sort of anxiety exactly. disorder? Exactly, yeah. like the people who say like, I'm OCD. It's like, no, bitch, you're not. Like, you're just very, you're, you're tidy. Right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> if you're calling yourself OCD, most likely you are not. True. And also m largely sort of um, identified as like non-religious. So that was another sure. skew. Well, Reddit certainly don't like that religion. <laughs> that our, our atheism is uh, is very popular. Very popular. <laughs> um, Sarah, thank you so much for talking to me. Is there yeah. anything else about your research you think we need to know like right um, now? Hmm. I don't know. Not that I can think of. Okay. Well, where can people find you? Where can they read or check out your research or your work or your writings? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I hope you, you know the answer to it. <laughs> yes. I mean, are we talking about like an email? Uh, or... Twitter? I don't... Where, where... Yeah. I mean, right now. Email. Are you published somewhere? Or... No, not okay. yet. So I have to. So I'm working on that. Okay. Um, do you have Twitter or nothing? I or? don't really do Twitter. That was only for for recruitment. For recruitment, okay. Because yeah. I feel like that's where I first connected. With I mean, you. I am on Facebook. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm sort of still developing my um, research uh, persona. Okay. I guess. Cool, cool. Uh, well, Sarah, thanks so much, and why don't you go ahead and uh, say goodbye to everybody? All right. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and uh, goodbye. Go go live out them fancies, everybody. Yeah. Uh, except that one person with the bestiality fetish. I'm pretty sure that's a crime in most states. <laughs> well, you know, uh, f fellas, fellas who dig ladies, I hope you were taking notes uh, on the fantasies, okay? This really was more of a, a study session for you, if anything. Uh, but I hope you all enjoyed my conversation with Sarah Constantine. Go check her out on the social media uh, and, and keep your eyes opened and peeled uh, for her work in the future. Of course, you can follow me on social media. Uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram at TheBillyPresida. Say hello. Use the hashtag ManOrPodcast. Let me know what you thought about the show. You know, maybe don't threaten to rape me uh, just because 
I make fun of vegans. That might be nice. But, you know, it's the internet. You technically have free speech. Do your thing. This is a thing you can do that I would like. Go on to Facebook, search The Man Whore Podcast, click that like button. Uh, we post a lot of interesting content over there. That's where you're going to see me post articles, memes, pictures, you know, stuff that maybe I'm, I'm not sharing all around, but that are relevant to the show. There's also uh, plenty of pictures from Desire on all my social media. I want to say thank you again to uh, to my lovely, uh, I think we're calling her a, a fan whore with benefits is the phrase she would like. Fan, my fan whore with benefits, Kenzie, uh, not only for co-hosting in the intro, but uh, just for a wonderful weekend down in Mexico. Uh, get yourself some merch, people. We got that man whore podcast merch available. We got the stay slutty panties. We got the save your, saving pegging for marriage t-shirts, which, uh, fun fact, one woman down at Desire uh, saw me wearing it around the pool, and then she went immediately to her room, and she bought three shirts. So we like Kelly. She's great. She also said if uh, if something's near her mouth, she'll put it in. So uh, that, that you know, she's a special gal. <laughs> uh, you can go to gumroad.com slash podcast if you want to get some merch. You'll see a link in the show notes. And last but certainly not least, join the fan whore community on Patreon for access to bonus episodes and exclusive sex positive discussion groups. And really just to have more access to me. Head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. Get yourself a membership. They start at just a buck a month. And trust me, that buck a month makes a world of a difference for me. One more time, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash podcast. Next week, we've got uh, Ginger on the show. Uh, we're going to be talking about makeout parties and creepy friends of the family. But until next week, everyone, I hope you enjoy yourselves and stay slutty.